Let's give a shout out to LaCroix, America's top selling branded domestic sparkling water. LaCroix sparkling water was developed to give health conscious consumers refreshment, flavor, and sparkle with an innocent twist of zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. All LaCroix flavors are confirmed to be derived from natural sources with natural fruit essences. The newest flavor is hibiscus, which is amazing. Other classic flavors include tangerine, mango, and cran raspberry. The LaCroix family also includes six LaCroix Curate flavors, including pineapple strawberry, kiwi sandia, and melon pomelo. There's also newly added flavors to the Nicola theme, like coconut cola and coffea exotica, all of which contain no caffeine and no alcohol. LaCroix Sparkling Waters and LaCroix Curate Sparkling Waters are gluten-free, vegan, kosher, and non-GMO, Whole30 approved, and environmentally friendly. LaCroix cans are perpetually sustainable and recyclable. For more information, join the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix Water or check them out at www.lacroixwater.com. From Podcast One and the Lady Gang, are you ready for a relatable, unapologetic take on life? This is the Ladies Like Us podcast with Nazanin Mandy and Nadia Mohan. Welcome back to an all-new episode of Ladies Like Us. I'm Nazanin Mandy. And I'm Nadia Mohan. Well, today is a magical day. Why? It's Munchie and Vanity's eighth birthday. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That is eight already. Yeah. <laughs> Can they just stop at eight? <laughs> yeah, that's what they sound like. I hate you, Will. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> oh, they would love it. It's so long. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, oh, that's I, cute. So, um, I posted on my Instagram like it's their birthday, yeah. and they turn eight. What does eight mean in cat years? And it means they're forty-eight. Oh, you calculated it. Well, people were giving me the facts, oh. and I looked it up, and it means they're okay. forty-eight. So. What is the math on so that? So it's like the first two years, Okay, they jump to 24. Okay. Okay. And then from there, I think it goes up like four years or some, yeah, something. Yeah, it like, changes. Yes. That happens with dogs too. Yes. It's like everyone thinks it's seven years, but really there's like a weird staggering. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So they're 48. <laughs> Midlife. Yeah. Midlife crisis. Uh-oh, this year is going to be interesting. How, how are they? <laughs> they are, well, Munch had surgery. Right. He had uh, a tooth extracted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which he did fine. Mm-hmm. He came home, and of course, he was like very grumpy. Mm-hmm. He fell down Drugged the stairs. Oh. It was a thing. I know, but he's fine now. We yeah. gave him his medicine. Like he's he's back to normal. Yeah. Self. Uh, but vanity <laughs> was really weird with him. I'm sorry to laugh. I'm just thinking because <laughs> he right. fell down the stairs. No, I just had like a moment of like. We have no kids, so it's like every day we just like come in and talk about our animals and our pets. It's like these are our, our children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Vanity like has been real weird. Yeah, really. no, I saw her. Yeah, she is in a mood. She's in a mood. Yeah. I think it's the retrograde. <laughs> she's feeling it deep. Oh my god! Talk about <laughs> blows of all blows. This we're all retrograde it deep. is kicking our ass. Yeah, Everyone. we're being dragged. Yeah, we're being dragged. Dragged through the mud. Dragged. I've never been dragged like this before. No, me neither. This is the most intense metro grade I've ever been in. (laughs) 
So <laughs> now, for those of you who don't remember, we call it Metrograde for shits and giggles because her brother right. thinks we're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't believe. In he doesn't stuff. believe in any of this stuff. So he's, he always says, "Oh, are you Metrograding?" Yeah, like he makes up. His yes, own we words. are. <laughs> yes, we are all Metrograding. So now we call it Metrograde. We know it's retrograde. We're not stupid. We right. <laughs> we have to clarify this now. <laughs> but we like to call it Metrograde. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been rough. Um, but Vanity's getting back to normal. Right, right. It's slowly. She goes through her moods. Like, she's moody. Yeah, she gave Munchie a bath and then she slapped him. Like, I don't know what. I like, mean, to look do. who you named her after. Like, hello. The, mo- the craziest woman ever. I know. Love her, but she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I just really love her. So. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, no, I know. Penny's turning 10. We have to throw a party. I know. I, I was thinking about it. I'm not one. I'm not a person that really – I mean, I'm obsessed with my dog, of course, but um, I don't, like, do that often. I don't put her in clothes or all this kind of – I mean, she does have Halloween costumes every once yes, in a while. she does. She was a hoochie-poochie once. <laughs> she has thigh-high boots. <laughs> yeah, thigh-high boots and a bra, and, like, it was crazy. But, um, yeah, 10 years, and I'm just like, where did the time go? I'm not ready. Remember when she was the size of a can? Oh. She was God. so cute. Please don't remind me. I know. Well, with all of that being said, like, Nas and I are such huge animal lovers and our animals are alive, but we want to dedicate mm-hmm. our episode to Will, our producer. His dog just unfortunately passed. Dave the dog. Yeah. Sorry, Will. That's so okay. sorry, Will. That's all right. It's no. one of those things that, like, it's, um, it's a, a pet is like, you know, I mean, you anticipate that at some point yes, you're going to have to approach that thing. Because mm-hmm. I always live, obviously, a lot less than we do. I, it happened a lot faster than I thought because he was only seven. I know. And uh-huh. he was a rescue, so I only had him for five years. No. But it felt like a really, really long time. Of course. And so, yeah. And with he had lymphoma. So, like, with cancer, it's, I don't know. And, and It's hard to m- save them from yeah. that. Nadia, yeah. we were talking about this before. Like, mm-hmm. they hide it very well. And dogs mm-hmm. are trained to not show pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, pack mentality-wise. And so... Mm-hmm. He just was fine until he wasn't to a certain Aww, degree, and then I'm it sorry. went really quickly. It's okay. He's your angel so now. He yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, he's here. He yeah, is. they, <laughs> yeah. they animals just they go so deep into your heart and they never leave. Never, like, never leave. Nope. It just I know, like ugh, with my dog, when that day Can comes, we not? I'm no. just gonna Please. have a heart attack. Yeah. Well, for I, me, mm. like it, it was a big teaching. I mean, every moment is like a is a reason to learn something new, mm-hmm. and I feel like with him, especially being a, a rescue who is a victim of abuse and came from a bad background. Just the fact that he, like he didn't have to be as loving as he was. You know what I mean? He would have every right to be like a little jerk, but he wasn't. Unconditional love that they give us. And the thing is, it's like most people would, you know, classify him as like a not a perfect dog right because he mm-hmm. didn't like other dogs he didn't like cats didn't like a lot of strangers mm-hmm. but, he but he liked you he loved me and he loved friends and that's the thing Aww. it's like to me it's like it's we think all the time about the dog that we want yeah we're not trained to think about the dog that we get right mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and it's not about what you want it's about what you yeah. get yeah and how you process that and learn to deal with it and for me it's like love mm. is the same way right it's not about what you deserve it's about what you give exactly yeah. exactly and then what you give you deserve and yes. so like that's that's like that's oh, been my takeaway i'm gonna cry relationship oh with God. Dave. Yeah. i just like <laughs> i put this i wrote this out yesterday and i was oh. like so that's kind of been the way when people they think like i'm really sad obviously i'm heartbroken yeah. but i have to make something out of it yeah, yeah. yes you have to you have to, so you like, have to. My, and just know he's lesson. not suffering anymore yeah right. you know right. that's you think about that too that's and it's hard because you're so used to their presence in your house. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I know it's I can't. And, and there's so many other. I am such an advocate <sighs> for adopt don't shop. Right. Like I'm. I learned this later because I got my dog on Craigslist, <laughs> but um, I wasn't looking for a dog when I got her. Dash. I was looking for a job. <laughs> On Craigslist, and it was we were up really late at night, me and my sister Kayla, and she goes, she was supposed to be looking on Craigslist for jobs for me, with me, right? And she goes, "Oh my God, look at this dog!" Oh, <laughs> and I man. looked at her, and I, it was just love at first sight. I said, "That's my dog." Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. you just know sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, I I still rescued her because who knows where she would have been? Like I, these people that. I don't that know. Don't care. Yeah, I know. She didn't care where this dog went. You know, I could tell, and so that's horrible. I know. Yeah. As so soon as I saw his face, same thing on the website. Right. Yeah. I was like, I got him from the uh, No Kill LA. Okay, that's um, amazing. And it was like, uh, I just saw his. I was just like, yep. 100%. Yeah, you just know. One hundred percent. Yeah. Same. And he came in the room. He peed <laughs> on the wall. He jumped. On the couch. <laughs> <laughs> jumped on the couch and then came up and leaned against me. He's like, "This was his grapes." Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "My place now." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, this yeah. little asshole's yeah. mine. Oh, uh, right. well, it was meant to be for those short amount of years yes. for you. Yes, yes. 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 yeah, yeah. Yes. So this episode is dedicated to Dave, Dave, Dave the dog. Yes, yes. All dogs go to heaven. I completely mm-hmm. believe they that. They do. I really do. Yep. Man, what would we be without these animals? Oh, I don't want to think about it. It gives me like pain. I can't. I know. It's, it's too it's... much. Oh, okay, we can't talk about this. No. I'm getting misty okay. eyed. <laughs> Let's go to our high of the week, okay? I don't have one. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's just been such a rocky. The retrograde. You know, I, I, I'm going to say this. This has been one of the most challenging weeks literally of my life ever yeah and i won't go into all the details of why but i will say that the silver lining is what i have learned about myself and Mm -hmm. what i have learned about the world and what i have learned about how i need to feel and react and and just so many lessons Mm -hmm. that are invaluable that had these certain things not happened to me I wouldn't have gained. No. So it all happens for a everything reason. Happens everything for happens a reason. for a reason. It's and it's the lesson you take from it. Exactly. So it would be a problem if it happened and you're like, ah, f- it. Right. Like I didn't take anything from this. Boohoo, poor me. I'm a victim. But right. That was not the case. Right. You know. Right. It, it was definitely a learning experience, and it it has changed. Um, let's say both of our lives forever right. and ourselves. Forever. And listen, it is easy to go into that victim mode because when you are in pain or hurting or yeah. confused, you automatically want to pull away and shut down and, and retreat. And you're just like, you feel like a victim. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's okay to recognize those feelings and to, f- it's not bad to feel like a victim. I, I this is my personal opinion. I don't think it's bad. It's it's what you do moving forward with that. Right. Do you stay the victim? Do you turn that around? Mm-hmm. Don't stay in that victim mode. No. Move forward. You can feel it for a moment and, and feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Embrace those feelings. Cry it out. Whatever it is, you have to release. You have to. You explode. Yes. Yeah. Learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. Figure out what is this trying to tell me? What is this shit storm trying to tell me? Absolutely. Because there's always something there. And, and just take it and move forward. It's a tool. Yeah, it you is. Know? And it's a tool to help you with other things that will happen in your life. Absolutely. Yeah, this is something that prepared you for something to come. Yeah. And I, I keep thinking of it that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we have to. You have to. Man. Yeah. Woo, this 
this retro. So that was a high and a blow. <laughs> there you go. That brings me to my high. Okay. Because yesterday I did take some time out for myself. Good. I went to, so, so um, Kimora uh, Lee mm-hmm. has a new Korean spa. Yes. And it's in Beverly Hills and it's called Pelicure. Yes, I wanted to know about this. It is so next level. Really? Oh my God. I they like. scrubbed all your nooks and oh, crannies. Oh, I mean, they scrubbed me <laughs> everywhere. And like the package, it comes with uh-huh. like a, a full body massage, okay. a scrub, okay. and I got a scalp massage. Ooh. It was one of the most Relaxing. amazing experiences I've ever had. Wow. It, I don't know what it was. It was just so like you're washing everything away yeah. and it was relaxing and freeing. And then the women that work there are, you know, they're they're full Korean. Mm-hmm. There's the whole experience. Also, it's a real Korean spa. Yes, she yeah. just made it like a little more luxe. Yes. So it's very, got it. it's very luxe. Got it. Got it's it. very <laughs> luxe. They use CBD oil. Like, pr- is the pricing luxe? For what it is, I'm going to say it. it's worth it. Okay. Because you're getting more than just the scrub. Mm-hmm. So it's like you feel like you got a full experience right. when you're paying I'm down for with this. That. It is. I ne- need to go there. You guys, it's next level. I'm down. And this is not an ad. I <laughs> I was like blown away at this place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. I'm, I got to. So I, that was my high of the week. Going I, there. Uh, see, okay. Now you reminded me. I didn't have a high, but I will say. Also myself yesterday, I went and got a facial See? at Brooke Williams. Oh, I have yeah, a membership there, and that's my getaway place. Yeah. Um, that It's something that I have wanted to continuously cancel because I'm like, this is not, this is a luxury. This is not a necessity. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, and trying to just balance my budget and do I need this? Right. I cannot get myself to cancel the subscription because no, it's, but if I that's need what it. you need, yes. then it is a necessity. I know. If you need that for yourself, mm-hmm. Then it is a necessity. No, exactly. I say that a little too much for certain <laughs> things, but like I need these shoes. I, I need, need this. this. <laughs> I need the massage. Yeah, yeah. But you'll find the balance. Yeah, exactly. Know. So that that's like my one thing that I do really yeah. splurge on. Yeah. Plus, I'm like, it's my skin. It's my yeah. face. I care about my skin and my face. Right. Which is saving you money in the long run. Exactly. And so, you know, as, and I'm a makeup artist. I have right. to have good skin. I have to present myself a certain way. Absolutely. So I just, you know tell myself all those things <laughs> i'm you know i but support it I, I needed it bad and i will say that i got the girl i got yesterday shout out to muna i oh, love that name that, too that i know I, it's so cute and i should have known i was like oh muna that's a good vibe that is a good vibe. she had a great vibe because there's nothing worse when you just want to relax and they mm-hmm. keep talking to you oh no 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 and i'm you know i don't like i know that. but i'm bad with it because i will keep talking because oh. i like to talk right right, right, right. but i won't stop because mm-hmm. I like talking to the person and then I feel like I'm being rude if I don't carry on the conversation. Right. And so then and then before you know it, I did a whole hour long conversation and wasn't relaxed. Right. So Muna, she's really great. Let me just tell you, Santa Monica. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I love that location. Yeah. Yes. She when I talked to her, she responded back. We giggled. We shared a few laughs. And then she just stopped talking. That's amazing. And so she only spoke to me when I spoke. She has spa etiquette. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was great. <laughs> Uh, and, and again, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just like sometimes you need to go there and not speak and just unplug. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I know. So yeah. she had she had it down. Good thing I she didn't. I down. don't speak Korean, so <laughs> <laughs> it worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Is there a language barrier? Do they talk to you at all? Um, they know like a few words, so it was okay. it was very easy. Like right. they're used to communicating, okay. so it was very easy. Right. And like everything I've done 
Korean scrubs before. Right. So I know the process right. of how it works. Right. So I already knew. But you were telling me that, so the other ones you go to in LA. Yes, so the other ones. Are like assembly lines. Yes, <laughs> and they're like out in the open. Oh, God. The uh, Kimura's uh, Pellicure is their private rooms. Right, right, you know? right. So right. you feel very free. Right. You know? Yeah, it's more comfortable. And they give you disposable underwear and all that shit. Okay. So you're fine. But like the other ones. Yeah. It was like me, Kiki, and Karina all lined up. Right. Like just. On, on like metal tables, yes. right? And they flip you over and I scrub you and then they flip like you over a, again. Like a chicken, yeah. like factory assembly line. Yeah. Just deep plucking. But it, um, it works though. Like your yeah. skin is like. I need to try it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's I need amazing. A good scrub. Yeah. But I, I would highly recommend that place. Awesome. Yeah. All good stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm really excited about this show today. Me too. I. You know, they offered us this woman to be on our show through Podcast One. I researched her and I was like, wow, what a remarkable woman. And someone we need to hear. And someone we need to hear. We need to hear her journey and her story. So coming up next, we'll be chatting with civil rights attorney and author and so much more, as you will hear, Ariva Martin. Who doesn't love a day at the spa? I know I do. And Spa Finder was the perfect gift to help me decompress from my hectic schedule. Give the gift of well-being with Spa Finder, the world's best-selling spa gift card and the perfect gift this holiday season. The holidays can be so stressful and with Spa Finder, you can give some much-needed relaxation to everyone on your list. From family members and friends to those last-minute co-worker or client gifts, Spa Finder gift cards are a convenient and thoughtful option you can't go wrong with. The Spa Finder Network includes thousands of spas, salons, and fitness studios all over the U.S. with services like massages, facials, blowouts, mani-pedis, and even yoga. Spa Finder gift cards can be used at top-rated locations like Bliss Spa, Ritz-Carlton, Hand and Stone, Exhale Spa, Red Door Spa, and Element Spa. Spa Finder gift cards never expire, and new spas are being added to their networks all the time. With Spa Finder, the possibilities are endless. Give some me time to someone with love and pick one up for yourself along the way. Go to spafinder.com slash ladies like us to save 15% off gift cards of $100 or more. Or enter the promo code ladies like us at checkout. That's spafinder.com slash ladies to save 15% off gift cards of $100 or more or enter the promo code ladies like us at checkout. Getting out of the rut and staying creative is easier said than done, especially with a busy schedule. Maybe you want to get back into an old passion or learn something new. You should definitely check out Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for the creator in all of us. They have thousands of classes in photography, creative writing, design, productivity, I mean, you name it, it's on there. I was just checking it out the other day and I noticed that even Kim's makeup artist Mario has makeup classes on there. So I'm seriously thinking of checking those out to brush up on my skills. So if you want to get inspired, join a class and create something you'll love. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare and get two months free when you sign up at Skillshare.com slash ladies. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started today by heading to Skillshare.com slash ladies to sign up. That's Skillshare.com slash ladies.
Our guest today is an award-winning civil rights attorney, author, talk show host, and commentator. The list goes on and on. Let's welcome Ariva Martin. Woo! Hi, Hi, ladies. How are you? We're good. Yeah, we're good. Great. Thank you. Same. Both of you. Same. Same. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yes. So. In my research, I'm like, who is and Ariva Martin? you did Martin? a lot of research, <laughs> so have, I've We heard. actually have three pages of oh research. Okay, well, I mean, there's, there's so many accolades yeah. and, like, hats that you wear. It's, like, insane. It's wonderful, actually, and very inspiring. Yeah. Um, but if we take it back to the very, very beginning, you come from very humble beginnings. Yes. North St. Louis. Yes. The projects. Yes. How... Let's just get to how do does one overcome the odds and make it to where you have made it with all of your accomplishments? That's a good question. I get asked that a lot. And what I tell people is a lot of it's just luck, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of prayer, a lot of faith in God, a lot of blessings from God. Mm-hmm. And then some really strong women who were in my corner. And if you did your research, mm-hmm. you've, you've, <laughs> you know that I talk a lot about my godmother and my grandmother. They are like Aww. my everything. Right. And they were there for me. And even though we were in this poor community, they never allowed me to feel like I was poor. Right. So they were just always such strong, encouraging, positive role models mm-hmm. that you know, I didn't have a lot of time to kind of wallow in my situation. Right. I just, I, I modeled what I saw them do. And right. what they did was just got up every day, you know, feet to the floor. Uh, although my grandmother was in a wheelchair, so I, I don't right. mean that literally. Mm-hmm. Right. But I just mean they were women that, you know, they didn't complain. They took right. what they had and they made the best out of it. And yeah. that's kind of what I learned to do. That's beautiful. That's what I was going to say is that, so your grandmother was shot yeah at a domestic violence at an early age crazy situation some man you know some lover situation shot her in the back that's crazy yeah really bad and uh paralyzed her from the waist down and here she was in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. for i mean she got shot maybe late 20s early Mm -hmm. 30s so she lived the rest of her life in a wheelchair because of just some horrific situation. So I get so upset when I, you know, see domestic violence and see women trapped in, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, abusive relationships Mm -hmm. because I know what the outcome can be and Mm -hmm. it can be really horrific. So how did your grandmother, did she just, did you just watch her as example or did she give you those words of wisdom to go from such a horrible situation (laughs) in her life? Yeah, there are a lot of lectures. <laughs> there are a lot of lectures. Uh, you know, she talked a lot about what she wanted to do. And one thing that always uh, stuck out for me was she couldn't work. Mm. Because in those days, they didn't have a lot of uh, facilities mm-hmm. for individuals who mm. were disabled. And right. if you were disabled, you just were kind of pushed aside. Even the but technology the for technology, her. Yeah. I mean, uh, her the doorways, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the electric wheelchairs, yes. all those things that now. So you see people, disabled people in the community doing everything. Right. In Congress, amazing. you know, in corporate America, in the entertainment business, yeah. that, you know, right. there are no barriers. But that wasn't her reality. Mm-hmm. But I saw this woman who had so much to give. She loved to read. She had thousands of books, you know, in our tiny apartment. And she read all the time. And she was clearly educated in her own way, you know, Mm -hmm. not formal education. But she was really smart. Smart, And that just bothered me that, you know, there there wasn't more for her to do. 
You know, you think about women today, you know, we're mothers, we're, you know, we're business women, Mm -hmm. we have careers, we have professions, we're doing so much. So a wheelchair doesn't stop anyone. I don't know if you saw uh, the young woman that we just honored at my nonprofit gala, Lauren Lolo Spencer. She's an Mm -hmm. actress. She has ALS and she's in a wheelchair. She has this beautiful, uh, you know, uh, personality. She has her own podcast. She's an actress. She's a model. Yeah. How inspiring. I mean, she's just doing it from this wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't even, you know, the thought of not doing it doesn't even occur to her. Right. So I just... So when I see women like her, I, I just smile because I, I that would have been my grandmother of in a course. different era. Oh, that's beautiful. That yeah. would have oh been gosh. her in a different yeah. time and place. Yeah. Wow. I, I come from, um, so my sister that, I'm the oldest in my family. My sister, two years younger than me, she was born with a form of muscular dystrophy. Oh, okay. So she, um, I grew up with, you know, nurses in my home. Mm-hmm. My whole, well, I wouldn't say my whole life, up until she right. passed. They said she wouldn't live past two. She mm-hmm. lived to be 13. She oh. was in a wheelchair. I mean, I know that life all so well. And it really does, um, it's a blessing, honestly. As difficult as it is, it, there's so much There's so much learning that can yeah. happen from it. You gain compassion for other people, mm-hmm. understanding for differences. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's yeah. so invaluable. And, you know, she, she was a gift. To us. No, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She, was no, she really was. And, I, and and you have a son. I have right? a son who That's has autism. autism. Uh-huh. And, and as I hear you talk, I think about my, I have two daughters too, and I think about their relationship with their brother. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the families that I work with, go ahead. How, um, how old are they? Right. Where do they the, fall in line? So the son is the youngest, and then my two daughters are older. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the work that I do in my nonprofit, I work with a lot of families who have kids mm-hmm. who are disabled. And right. in some of families, there's such tension between. The siblings. The, the siblings mm-hmm. because all of the attention from mom right. and dad mm-hmm. or relatives, mm-hmm. you know, and all the nurses and the, yeah. the professionals, you know, it's on that child with a disability. And then the other child is like, hey, you know yes. what? What about me? Mm-hmm. What about me? I need some attention. And that can cause them to start acting out and, right. you know, resenting the sibling that has the disabilities. And, and I've been so blessed. My girls from like day one have been like so supportive, ex- you know, res- uh, receptive mm-hmm. and just loving. yeah towards my yeah. son even to the point like you know I, I tease them like okay when I die let's let's already get this established you know who is he going to live with right so it's like who's well, taking one it? daughter I think is like more responsible uh-huh. is going to be like the better you know like day-to-day caregiver the other is more serious probably is going to be a better money manager I'm like uh-huh. hmm, we gotta work this out right, <laughs> right. Like, so I'm like so make sure yeah. you tell these husbands you know I, I come with a brother right. so you guys you know, are all going to live in a house together all going to live in the house together and so you know we just I'm blessed in that way but I see so many families where that's not their reality where there really is tension and it creates a lot of issues for the parents and for you know the kids so I Bravo to you, yeah. Nas, for... Nadia. Nadia. Okay. <laughs> I wrote it down and still got it wrong. Okay. Nadia. The name. The double N's are confusing. Yes, Nadia. Yeah. Nadia. And we're cousins. And you're cousins, yes. so you know yes. the sister, right? Oh, so absolutely. You, yeah, part sure. of the family. I, I saw it all go down. Mm-hmm. And it also, you know, being so close to her family, we picked up on being empathetic. Mm-hmm. Of and, course. And being around that and being understanding. So... Yeah, it's definitely like the family dynamics can be positive or negative. It's, right. It's definitely a tricky situation. And it's a village. I mean, it's not just the people in the immediate family. It's yeah. the cousins, exactly. the aunts, the uncles, yeah. you know, we, the extended we all feel family. It. 
Yeah. So. And it's interesting, too, that, um, you know, so your foundation, you address that then with the parents. It's part is it's like a how do I say count? Do they do counseling for them or how would you go about? We do a lot of training, parent training. Okay. So we bring right. in professionals like psychologists mm-hmm. and psychiatrists to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, some of those dynamics and mm-hmm. what some of the emotions are and how to mm-hmm. deal with that child that may feel left out because, right. you know, those are legitimate concerns. Mm-hmm. So how do you make that child feel like they are as important, as special and get them to really be, you know, a part of involved and involved yeah. and mm-hmm. not a lot of stigma too. Let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. So many of the kids, you know, that's one of the big issues. Like they're embarrassed, right? You know, they're ashamed, right? Because no. their sister or brother I remember, is different. Yeah, I remember having Aww. moments of feeling like mm-hmm. that before I could really understand. Mm-hmm. Only because I didn't feel embarrassed of her. I felt like, and and it's hard to. Going back, you think about it, and it's like, was I feeling? What was I feeling there when other people were looking, looking at her staring, or point, yeah. pointing? And you it's didn't kind of people to judge her. Yes, and it's kind of un- uncomfortable because you're protective. It's just a very confusing feeling to yeah. feel as a child. Mm-hmm. In this face, the kids can be really cruel. Yes, yeah. you know they can be very nasty, exactly. name calling, like just stares, mm-hmm. pointing, mm-hmm. and a lot of kids do feel like embarrassed. Like, you yeah, know, why, and you know, they, why can't you be normal? Exactly. You know, why is this happening to me? Exactly. You know, they somehow start thinking it's more about them mm-hmm. than the person that has the disability. But the good news is, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of that's changing as we mm-hmm. see more people with disabilities, you know, portrayed in the media. Mm-hmm. We see them in, you know, other kinds of high profile roles mm-hmm. that starts to make people feel, I think, more comfortable mm-hmm. right. and start to realize, hey, they're just people. Yeah, you know, putting them really, a part of society, giving yes. them jobs and yeah, allowing them to they integrate. They just have some extra sparkle. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you <laughs> saw that. That's, but that's right. You know what? That's how I look at it. it. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so true. Did you guys see Cody? He won uh, America's Got Talent. He was on this Which season. This, this, was this, this past season? season? I haven't watched it. He's no. blind wow. and he has autism. Okay. But he can sing oh. like nobody's business. I mean, he, this guy's the real deal. Wow. Right. And I don't know if he won like, you know, the, the final final, right, but right. he went really far. far. And I had an opportunity to go to an event to see him perform and to meet him. Oh. And he is just, I mean, he's like a virtuoso. He, you sit him in front of a piano and he can play like wow. anything. He loves Stevie Wonder. I mean, he can just, of course. he's yeah. like a, a child prodigy. Yeah. And They're just extra blessed. Yeah. Yes. You, know, you have he's to look at it that talent way. beyond, you know, just unbelievable talent. Right. So that is a thing with autism, right? It's they find something and they become almost obsessed with it. And they're so good at it that they find their thing. Right. Isn't that yeah, very common? Th- that's a very common trait uh-huh. for a lot of uh, individuals with autism is they have this very like, you know, intense focus on something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's airplanes. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're going to be able to tell you everything about an airplane. Build it. Take it apart. Uh, for him, it's music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen kids, uh, you know, who have different interests. And it's good on one hand, but sometimes it can be limiting. Mm-hmm. Because literally, if, if they're obsessed, let's mm-hmm. say, with, you know, electronics, they'd rather sit in this room right. and work on that piece of equipment mm-hmm. rather than engage, uh-huh. you know, and be a part of right. a conversation. So, you know, one of the things that we do in our organization, we provide direct therapy to individuals and it's to help them learn those social skills. Because right. at the end of the day, you know, it's great 
if you can take that apart and put it back together, but mm -hmm. that's not really the skill that you need to be a part of a community to mm -hmm. have, you know, mm -hmm. work a job, to have a girlfriend, to have mm -hmm. a boyfriend, to have mm -hmm. a family. So we try to teach them those, you know, uh, the, social skills right. that are necessary that's to be amazing. a part of their, mm -hmm. you know, community. We want them to of, have some fun, you know, go to some dances, get married, you know, <laughs> mix it up some. So that's how a big part old, of what we do. How old is your son? My son's Marty? 18. Oh, he's 18. Aww. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And what is he, does he have his thing that he's really you into? You know, he, he does doesn't have a thing thing like that. He loves electronics. He loves rap music. Uh, he loves going to the movies. He's kind of a you know kind of a normal teenage teenage boy. I would say he doesn't have like a super super you know intense interest in one thing. If I had to pick anything, I would say it's probably rap music. He really mm -hmm. loves mm -hmm. rap music. <laughs> I love that. I know. So, awesome. yeah, I know. Loves, Who's loves his favorite? Music. Oh, probably like, Drake. He okay. loves Drake, okay. <laughs> which Drake needs a little love now after I that last know. performance. Yeah. <laughs> so you had Marty been at that concert, he'd be like, yeah, go Drake. <laughs> you know, so. I love that. I, so, yeah. That's so cute. Well, on top of that, you have three books published. I do. I do. I uh, published my first book on my own. Okay. I self-published and I shout out to anyone that, you know, has that book in them and they get discouraged because they can't get a mainstream mm -hmm. publisher. Just write your book. Right. Uh, there's so many other ways to publish books. Mm -hmm. You know, there's vanity publishing, there's self-publishing. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you get a publisher? The reality is getting a book publisher published through a mainstream publisher is very, very difficult. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, just on the real it's really hard to do and they want to intervene so much in what you have and a lot of people don't like to compromise what they've written yes. already they're attached to it you know and you've got to have a platform that's the mm -hmm. thing that publishers are looking for you may have the greatest you know novel or the greatest self-help mm -hmm. book but how are you going to sell it mm -hmm. right. so first and foremost they're looking at you know what is your platform to get this book out there because mm -hmm. they're really going to count on you to, to be the it. marketing, right. you know, arm for that book and to get Ugh. out there and, you know, That's hustle. a whole nother job. It's a yeah, whole, it's a whole other job. I'm horrible at that. <laughs> it's a big job. <laughs> but, you know, that being said, I I, I, I encourage people, because you know you meet people all the time and they're like, oh, I, I, I want to write this book. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, people, it's overwhelming and it's discouraging. They get discouraged. How long did it take you to write your first book? So my first book probably took me about six months. So it's bad. a book, no. it's called Journey to the Top, right. and it was about my, or is about my experience in corporate America. So mm -hmm. when I graduated from law school, I went to work at a corporate law firm, and I wanted to write, and I left that firm and started my own business, but I wanted to write about what women experience in traditional corporate law firms mm -hmm. and corporations in general. And I just wanted to share like all the things that I wish I had known mm -hmm. right. that would have made me more successful. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't have a platform at the time and nobody mm -hmm. really like, who are you? But I always tease because, uh, lean in, you know, the book by Sheryl Sandberg, the big, you know, COO of Facebook, her book, like, I don't know, she wrote it. I don't know, seven, eight years after mine, but I'm thinking, okay, that's my book. Mm. I don't have Facebook. I don't have the Facebook platform, but a lot of what she talked about is really what I talked about in my little video self-help mm -hmm. book, which is right. about how women survive in, you know, the very cutthroat, competitive corporate mm -hmm. world. That is male-dominated. Yeah, exactly. Male-dominated, hierarchical. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, women are traditionally relegated to certain roles. Mm -hmm. And just, I just had this experience. I got to share this. I was going to ask you to share yeah, something. So, first, so <laughs> I'm, I was, I'm in search for a lawyer for a project that I'm working on. So I'm, I'm interviewing lawyers. Mm -hmm. And I, 
interview this guy and this guy is like, my rate is a thousand dollars an hour, kind of take it or leave it. Basically I'm worth it. I'm, I'm the best at what I do. Mm-hmm. And then I interviewed a woman and the woman's like, yeah, I'm really good. Mm. And I'll work with you, you know, on a fee, you know, I'll, I'll make it something that's, you know, workable mm-hmm. for you. And, you know, I, as much as I appreciated her having that sentiment, I get off the phone. I'm tell, t- telling this to my brother. I'm like, see, that guy, he's like, look, mm-hmm. this is what I charge. Take it or leave, leave it. it. Yeah. And the lady is, mm-hmm. you know, passive, passive mm-hmm. trying to figure out how she can work with my budget. And Why and do we do that to I ourselves? I don't know. And I'm like, you know, she's. they're both partners in their respective law yeah. firms. They're both big you know, national law firms. But here, and I almost felt bad. Like I went to call back and said, you know what? What is your fee? Just <laughs> tell me what it is and say, well, look, I, lady, if you want to hire me, this is what it is. But, I, and my brother, he's like laughing, like, oh, you're reading too much. I'm like, no, no I'm not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was just so indicative mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. and how women present themselves in a business setting versus the man. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's just different. That I, represented millions of women. Oh, yeah. my God. Yes. I know. And like I said, when she started down that path, yeah. I, as much as I felt, you know, it was to my benefit, I was like, oh, man. Well, uh, you know. Yeah. We're so accommodating. So accommodating. And I think in you know, every way. We, yeah, yes. exactly. And I think mm-hmm. because of all the years of having to accommodate and to bend and stretch in different ways that, you know, men didn't have to do because it was just they could get away with just saying this is take it or leave it right we couldn't you know and so now it, it's just ingrained in us and we're we're trying to unlearn that i mean her and i go through that stuff all the time mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it's passed on from generation exactly. to generation right. it's yes. a generational it's thing. learned behavior yes absolutely yeah and you catch yourself like i'm a makeup artist and you know i've worked really hard to get to have a certain rate and many times I would be, okay, I'll work with you. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Same. I totally understand. Yep. And now I'm at that place where it's like, no, I don't care if I need the job or not. This is my worth. Yeah. Yes. Know your you worth yeah. and know you know, add worth. 10% to it. Is right. You know, right. You have to tell right. Women, like, but you're right. We're so, I think, afraid. Right. I think a lot of goes to, I tell mm-hmm. people all the time, I used to do this talk about, uh, you know, women wanting to be liked versus mm-hmm. respected. Right. So when I started my own business, I spent so much time mm-hmm. buying gifts, mm-hmm. going to your baby shower, mm-hmm. your wedding shower, mm-hmm. your birthday party. And I had a male partner. I would be at work till midnight and people would be in my office, not talking about the legal work mm-hmm. or how we're making money or clients, their boyfriend problems, mm. my hair's falling out, <laughs> uh, what should I wear wow. to this? I mean, just yeah. the most personal yeah. stuff. Nobody mm-hmm. was in that partner, that of male partner's not. office talking about their boyfriend problems, oh, their not. hair problems. It just yeah. didn't happen. It just appro- mm-hmm. And yeah. I was, I think, too naive, too inexperienced to recognize. And I just wanted them to like me. Of course. Because I just would stay to midnight, one o'clock, because I oh thought if I listened to all your problems Ooh. and then, you know, gave you all this great advice and then came to your parties and bought. I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I told somebody at one point, I, I think I must have lived in Tiffany's because I bought <laughs> oh, so my. many. I was just buying, I was just trying to buy your affection. Yeah. My partner, on the other hand, mm-hmm. you know, he was working on being respected. Mm-hmm. And that's it was such a big difference. Right. So he was holding people accountable. And what right. I learned over time is people will respect you more right. when you are fair mm-hmm. and firm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You set the rules. 
You know, I'm going to be fair, but I'm going to be firm. I'm going to hold you accountable. Right. And no, I'm not going to stay here till midnight. I'm mm-hmm. your boss. I'm not your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And if we develop a friendship, it's okay, but there are boundaries to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you mm-hmm. shouldn't expect me to do what you wouldn't ask my male partner to do. Right. And it took me a long time to I, be able to yeah. set those appropriate workplace boundaries. Was there a defining moment? That's what I was going to ask. Something that happened mm-hmm. that you were like, that's yes. it? The I need to moment. change this. Yeah. I had it. I uh-huh. had it. I had it. <laughs> so a woman, I'll, I'll, I'll make this vague enough in case she hears this, uh-huh. uh, I poured a lot into her. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I, I elevated her. I promoted her in, in my business. I would take her on trips. I introduced her to my clients. I went I mean, above she, and beyond. She was going to be like my ride or die in this business, you know. And one day she decided she was going to leave. She didn't tell me. Oh. She did it in a very sneaky, underhanded way. She had gone wow. out and pretty much had set up her own practice on the side wow. while still working f- with me mm-hmm. and, you know, was trying to, on the, the low, take some of our clients. Oh, no. I didn't know all of this. We had a party for her, a going away party, before I kind of, you know, all of it started to unravel. Right. At the going away party, when I tell you I'm boohooing, I'm so sad. Like, she's leaving me. I'm feeling like, you know, this person that I relied on. I'm building this whole business. Mm -hmm. We're in this together. And she's leaving. And I had an aunt who was visiting me from St. Louis. And she's at the going away luncheon. And, I mean, I couldn't even get up to give a speech. I'm so emotional about her leaving. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do? I depend on you so much. And when we leave the lunch, my aunt pulls me aside. She says, that's an employee. You're not Mm -hmm. supposed to, like... Mm-hmm. You know, you're not getting a divorce. That's yeah. not your your right. child going off to war. You know, what she's was like, get it together. She like, oh, she was like, what the hell was that? And that was that moment when I said, okay, you know what? These lines have gotten so crossed right. to the point where I, I'm just... You were invested. I was too vested. Mm -hmm. And I was so blinded by Mm. what was happening Mm. because I had created in my mind this this narrative, this picture of what I wanted the relationship to be. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that. And because of this narrative, I totally overlooked. She was non-performing. She wasn't pulling her weight. Mm. She wasn't doing any, in in addition to undermining me, she Mm. wasn't even pulling her weight. It shouldn't have even been given that level of responsibility, the pay I was, all of it. Yeah, you were blinded. It was that moment that I said, okay. That's mm-hmm. it. Wow. Never again. Mm-hmm. You walk through the doors. I hire you. You are my employee. Mm-hmm. I am your boss. I'm going to be firm. Yeah. I'm going to be fair. If you like me, it's okay. But yes. you will respect me and you're going to mm-hmm. do the work or else you're going to be out of here. Yeah. And that changed the whole way that I manage people. And I've never cried at a going away party. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've not shed a tear <laughs> on employee. I've been sad that some people have left. I've of wished course. them well. Right, right, you know, right. maybe we can stay in touch. But I've never had, I mean, that yeah. kind of serious breakdown, emotional yeah. experience wow. that I had with this woman. You learn to create those, sorry, you learn to create those boundaries oh, that God. are necessary. Yeah. And sometimes so the necessary. hardest lessons push us to yeah, that. Sometimes course. we have to just learn the hard way. We do. And it's, that's just life. Yeah, you know? it was just, it's, and I laughed with my aunt about this. I said, do you remember? She said, do I remember? Of course I remember. She's like, I, so she, it was a very, like, I think, telling moment for her, mm-hmm. too. Right. And she was, mm-hmm. like, glad she was there to support me because she was like, 
if this is what you're doing every time someone leaves, <laughs> you're not gonna make it in business, right? <laughs> and it's, we always you're need be a wreck. <laughs> we always need that outside person, yes. to give us the real, the voice you know of reason, I mean? that objective yeah. person yes. looking yes. in, saying like, "What the? Yeah. Hell Listen are you to doing? that outside person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you. they have good judgment. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Accountability partner, I call. Yes. Uh, see, uh, we exactly. all need that. We all need that. But because of that experience, did that kind of skew your trust in people? Did you have to rebuild that? Well, I decided that what I needed to do was approach the workplace differently. Mm -hmm. And I had to understand Mm -hmm. friends are friends, work associates are work associates. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes, you know, become friends with people you work with, but you do have to have healthy boundaries, Absolutely. particularly if you're the boss. Mm-hmm. And I was the boss and it wasn't fair to the other people mm-hmm. that, you know, I had allowed myself to, you know, mix all of those emotions in the way that I did because then I wasn't being fair to them mm-hmm. because I was allowing her, you know, to do things and to slide and to get away with things mm-hmm. that I was holding them accountable for. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what I realized, even though I gave her a title, mm-hmm. the rest of the team didn't respect her. You can give somebody a title, but yeah. if the person doesn't Ooh, earn, interesting. you know, the respect yeah. of the team, so yeah. they were going behind her sabotage. There. So it was just a big mm-hmm. mess. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working. And, turned out to be the best thing that could have ever of happened. Course. And then yeah. after she was gone, everybody's like, oh my gosh, she was a nightmare. Good <laughs> you know? oh, people were coming hurt. forward like, do you know, she barely, you know, she would cut, leave her. You know, they just started like, telling me. like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? <laughs> they didn't tell me because they saw me with my rose color, yeah. you know, yeah, lenses on being so attached. You know, they didn't feel like that it yeah. would matter, that they yeah. could get through to me. That's why yeah. they didn't tell me. That is true. That happens a lot. It's a very common story. Yeah. All right, guys, when we get back, more with Ariva Martin. Do you wish that that double chin would just vanish? Are those bags and puffiness getting a little bit worse each and every day? Well, just listen to Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas. She said, I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago, and that is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I am blown away. With GenuCell's natural actives and a pure antioxidant base with no parabens, no chemical scents, and no pharmaceutical preservatives, it's the clean luxury your skin deserves every single day. Click or call right now, and the GenuCell jawline treatment is yours, absolutely free, just for ordering the classic GenuCell plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. Go to GenuCell.com. That's G E N. U-C-E-L dot com. With Chamonix's 100% money-back guarantee, you only have the bags, wrinkles, and the double chin to lose. Call now while three-day shipping is still free. Go to GenuCell.com and select Ladies Like Us at checkout for instant savings. That's GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com. Giving holiday gifts is great. Overspending on all those gifts is definitely not. So why spend more money than you have to? Finding the lowest price is easy if you have honey. I know for me personally during this holiday season, from all the clothes I bought to the holiday decor, honey was much needed. I saved so much money. What is honey? Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes wherever you shop online. This means you always get the best deals without even trying on over 20,000 sites such as Amazon, eBay, J. Crew, Sephora, Expedia, Target, Best Buy, and so, so, so much more. 
Honey has found its over 10 million members over a billion dollars in savings. Honey supports over 20,000 stores online. Honey has over 100,000 plus five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store alone. If you're busy buying gifts this holiday season, then you need Honey. If you're not, you probably know someone who is, so do them a solid and tell them about Honey. Honey can help make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash ladies. That's joinhoney.com slash ladies. All right, welcome back, guys. We have Ariva Martin in studio with us. Now, I want to ask you about your, is it your second book? Let me see. Hold on one second. Making it rain. Yes. <laughs> my third rain. book. Make my it bad. rain. That's yeah, right. no. Third book. Because the second book was about uh, autism. autism. Yes. So my yes. second book was Everyday Advocate. I wrote it as I was really going through with my son and mm-hmm. trying to figure everything out. But Make It Rain is my third book. I'm proud to say it was a national bestseller. I had Woo-hoo. so much fun. Thank you. Nice. Not only writing it, but I got to travel the country. I did an amazing book tour uh, where I went to about 11 cities mm. and uh, did some great events. Everything from like there was this uh, event I did in New York at Coach, the Coach, you know, store with the handbag coach. Mm-hmm. And it was about 250 women. And it was a, an event to support a local charity there. So Women shopped, and a certain amount of the proceeds went to the charity. I did a little talk. We did a book signing. But it was just so encouraging to see women coming together, not just to support me and the book, but also to support this local charity. So I did Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, different kinds of events like that. I talked at a lot of universities and colleges, uh, did uh, some nonprofit organizations. So I got out of the bookstore. When I did the Everyday Advocate, my second book, most of my Book stops were in bookstores, but mm. this time around, it's, you know, I want to go to places where people are. I want to go to some conferences. Mm-hmm. So I went to a conference in Maui. It Ooh. was so hard. Oh my God. <laughs> How was it what working? A great and oh my being God. in Maui. Right. Sounds <laughs> terrible. To fly first class to Maui. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, talk about work. Oh, oh it was so painful. <laughs> no, but, I was no, really but you know what? <laughs> You rest. have put in the work to yeah. enjoy, and you deserve those types oh, 100%. of perks. Yeah, yes. and so. I was really fortunate uh, with the third book. I had an amazing book sponsor. Toyota mm-hmm. sponsored my book tour, and so they, uh, I was a part of a bunch of national conferences that they sponsor. So if they sponsor a conference, they did one in Maui, they did one in Florida, they did one in Ohio. So I would go to the conferences as a speaker on behalf of Toyota. We'd do a book signing. We'd give away the books on behalf of Toyota. So Mm -hmm. it was a really great way to meet people, get the book out there and have some fun travel. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I want to ask you, in this book, you share insider tips on how to find your authentic voice, amplifying it, and using it to grow your influence and power. Any way that you can give us a preview on some of these tips, a little sample? Yeah, so I I wrote, let me just step back a little and tell you why I wrote Make It Rain. So, you know, I'm a CNN commentator, and Mm -hmm. I had spent about two years, uh, 2016 or so, yeah, about a year. Uh, This was at the height of a lot of the police shootings involving Mm African-American men. 
And I, was, I found myself like on TV sometimes three, four times a day talking about these horrific stories. So I would get all of these emails or people would DM me on social media and say, you know, I live in this community and I'm having this issue in my community. How do I, you know, get my voice out there? How do I connect with my local elected officials? How do I kind of, you know, raise this issue right. in my own community? And I started First of all, an online class saying, hey, you know, just come to my class. I'll tell you how you can start building your platform so mm-hmm. that you can talk about some of these issues. So that was kind of the impetus for the book for me right. was to mm-hmm. really help other people learn how to you know, amplify their yeah. voices on mm-hmm. issues that were important to them, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, gun control or abortion rights or, or whatever, right, you right. know, you might be passionate about. So some of the tips that I give in the book is really about. I go back to the whole, I talked about having a, um, finding a mainstream publisher for a book. Mm-hmm. It's having a platform, mm-hmm. you know, building your platform. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And today it's easier than ever. Look, we're doing this podcast, yes. you know, right. 10, 15 years ago. So many outlets. So many outlets. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a few mm-hmm. outlets, you know, a decade ago, mm-hmm. and you had to be, you know, one of the select few people that would mm-hmm. have a slot on a television show or right. a radio show. Right. Today that's changed, yeah. right? Accessibility. In your pajamas, in I your mean, bed, doing a podcast or doing a Facebook Live or an yes, Instagram Live. Right. And so I'm just saying that, you know, there are all of these outlets, all of these media outlets. And you don't right. have to wait to get the plum job or for someone to kind of tap you on the head and say, hey, I want, you know, to, to hear your opinion. You can just, you know, set up your own channel of communication and mm-hmm. can reach people uh, that you know, are like-minded yeah. folks that care about the same things you care about and mm-hmm. you can build a platform from there. So th- that was, you know, what I wanted people to know is mm-hmm. that you don't have to be on CNN or MSNBC. Right. Yeah, it's a great job. I love it. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that folks that do that professionally, that there's, you know, they're great jobs. Right. But there are other ways to have a presence and to have a voice on issues that you care about. I mean, Instagram's the modern day resume, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And yes. Really, that's our reality yeah. now. And everybody checks it. I tell people that, yeah. you know, yes. whatever job or whatever you're doing, whether you're trying to get a loan or you're going on a job interview mm-hmm. or an audition for, you know, something in the entertainment industry, people are going to go to your social first. Absolutely. Who are you? You know, what are you doing on your social mm-hmm. accounts? So I talk about that in the yeah. book, you know, making sure that your social reflects your brand. Yes. Right. When Always. I go to your page, I should be able to know instantly what you do. This guy, you know, on Insta now, a lot of people reach out to you saying, hey, you know, I'm doing this campaign and, you know, I can post uh, your content on my page and mm-hmm. you can get the you trade 10,000, mm-hmm. you know, followers. So I had this guy, he sends me this email <laughs> and I go to his page and he did hit 3 million followers, but he's a bodybuilder and every picture is of him, like, you know, shirtless, yeah. mm-hmm. muscles, beach. And I'm thinking... <laughs> what are you promoting here? <laughs> you, me, yeah. you know, Where's I just the brand like, yeah, 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 like yes. it right. doesn't really work. Like, God bless you and your yeah. 3 million followers, but I don't think they're going to be interested in me. And I don't think you're going to be interested in any yeah. of my content. So it's like, thanks, but no. Where's pass. the commonality? No. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that's important because if you're going to do those trades or yeah. link up with someone on social, you got to make sure it's a, you know, it's a fit that makes sense. I Absolutely. think a lot of people can use this book then because <laughs> I know I can. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. I'd love to I, I need help in that department. So yeah, <laughs> we'll pick you know, up a copy of that. Uh, we'll make sure you get copies. And it's hard because... Because people always ask me, well, you know, should I have two, you know, profiles? Should I have a personal right. and a profile? Uh-huh. Like you're a makeup artist. Right. Should I have an account that's mm-hmm. just all, you know, my 
professional work right. as a makeup artist mm-hmm. or should I, you know, just merge mm-hmm. the two? And I tell people, you know, you've got to give that some thought because right. if you are a makeup artist and mm-hmm. you want me to hire you mm-hmm. or you want to be hired by, you know, industry folks for your makeup and I go to your page and it's you and your dog and your cat mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's cute. Mm-hmm. And I always say, oh, she's pretty and she's mm-hmm. some great animals that live with her. But if I don't see anything that says, wow, she's a slamming makeup artist. Right. I'm probably going to say, you know, next. I'm not going to hot you. Know, so you got to ask yourself, what do you want the page right. to do for you? Yeah. And I think that. I like that. You know, and mm. you got to make some hard choices. And, now, and I yeah. say to people, you know, so you mean I can't post any of my, like, animal? Personal. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Just sprinkle no. it in. Yeah, but it's, it's figure about out a yeah. way, you know, to make it make sense. Again, right. if you're using your accounts and you, and I, I don't know who isn't, if you're on there, you should be, mm-hmm. right. uh, you know, and you want people to find you and to know what you do professionally and maybe hire you, collaborate with you. You know, or or just respect your voice on a particular issue. So you're also involved with family law and school law. Are you yeah. still practicing that right now? or I have a law firm. Uh-huh. So, yes, I still have my law firm. Martin I, & Martin. Yes. I dedicate probably less time to my firm today than I did maybe even a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Mm-hmm. I still have some clients. I definitely still talk to clients, but I'm not. In court, like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. my career a decade ago, I was literally that lawyer going to court every day, taking depositions in trial. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that as much because my media career, my nonprofit work, my speaking. You have a lot going on. I have a lot of other <laughs> things that I do that yes. that won't, that are not compatible with, you know, kind of the day-to-day grind of, of, of a trial lawyer. But I, you know, it's my day job, and I tell everybody, don't quit your day job. Right. So I have a day job. Yes. Yeah, so d- does your does that uh, law firm does it deal with bullying? Is that a thing? That- yeah. So okay. we have a my firm. I'm a civil rights lawyer, right. and we have a civil rights practice. Mm-hmm. So I represented people, you know, kids on you know in school districts mm-hmm. who've been uh, bullied. Uh, a lot of sexual harassment, mm-hmm. a lot of sexual assault cases, mm-hmm. a lot of discrimination, race discrimination, mm-hmm. sex discrimination, age, religion, mm-hmm. uh, religious discrimination. So when you think about people who've been uh, discriminated against, harassed, those are the kinds of cases that fall under uh, a civil rights practice. Right? And, and do you see that now with the boom of social media, it's gotten worse? Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the cyberbullying. Right. But... Uh, you know, so I, the social media obviously can be really negative. You look at some of the trolls, you look at some of the high-profile actresses that, that you know, basically had to shut their accounts down yes, because right. the trolling was so bad. But on the other hand, look at, you know, the positive, like the Me Too movement. Right. And how something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. you know, social media has played such a big role in bringing, you know, voices together mm-hmm. and yeah. giving women primarily women, you know, victims mm-hmm. of sexual assault, sexual a abuse, voice. that voice, mm-hmm. that, that community, that encouragement to right. speak up. So as much as, you know, we beat yeah. up on Ma- Mark Zuckerberg about Facebook and our privacy and, you know, the, yeah. the political ads and all the things that make Facebook, you know, really bad, there's yeah. so many things about it also that, you know, we can That's say. positive. Can right. imagine if we yeah. didn't have it? I mean, yeah. like... I just wish there was a better way of monitoring the bullying. The online trolls, yes. Yeah. I know. Her and I were talking about it um, in Dubai. What what were you saying? Yes. So I I had a makeup artist in Dubai, and she was telling me about, like, online bullying out there. And it's 
practically non-existent. Really? Because if they find out you're online bullying, you have to pay a hefty fine or they arrest you. Wow. It's yeah, they're serious. very serious. So they don't have there. the First Amendment, right? That's where it gets great. Yeah, that's where we don't. You know, that's that's where in our country, you know, people's First Amendment rights and what you know what crosses that line, right? right. You know, that that gets a little complicated. But yeah, the online bullying is a real issue. It's not just for kids; it's adults. And we've seen so many unfortunate cases of people who've committed suicide. Exactly. You know, who've been driven to really horrific acts because yes. of the online bullying. So uh, I definitely think we as a country mm-hmm. need to and should be doing a lot more to curtail it, I agree. Uh, to uh, address it, you know, the kind of hateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw a story, this, this special needs girl, this mom was, um, you know, posting about her daughter who has special needs and some bully. You posted you this s- on your Facebook. Yeah, yes, you saw, I saw that? It. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, this, this I, I read, he did get yeah. arrested for harassing Good. this little girl. So there is a line that you can cross where your conduct right. becomes criminal. Yeah, so I it's mean, so it was awful. I can't What's even believe it. No, I don't know. It's, is, it kills me. I, I don't understand it at all. You know, yeah. I, and again, I came from a family, you know, where someone was disabled and there were challenges. And so obviously my brain doesn't even, I can't fathom that. No. Right. It, it's just such a problem and it really can destroy people's lives. Yeah. You know, those people themselves are usually so damaged, damaged. you know, yes. hurt exactly. people, hurt people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So we, we, like when we see these mass shooters, know. you know, when they go back and, yeah. you know, do kind of a audit on their lives, yeah. you, you find, you know, their issues at home of with course. their father, their mother. You know, mm-hmm. they, they had early warning signs that right. were often overlooked mm-hmm. and not treated. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of sickness in the world, unfortunately. No, yeah. absolutely. And with social media, we're just exposed to it more. Yeah. That's really it's what it really, is. It's always yeah. been there. Yeah. These, you yeah. know, the But sickness. now, we, you know, it's, it's 24-7. Yeah. Yes. And people who, and this happens to me. So, you know, when I'll go back to when I was doing a lot of reporting or commentating on the uh, you know, police brutality cases, I would get people would send me the most racist, vile, you know, die, bitch. What? Uh, kill yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, just... The, We've gotten that. <laughs> you know, just... But, you know, it's in an email. Yeah. You know, not like... So they can hide behind... Right. You know, or, or wow. go to my Facebook page and post so you can hide behind, mm-hmm. you know, technology mm-hmm. and harass or bully someone. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you you really, your life is so uninteresting that you have time, yeah. right. not just to look at me on TV, but now go to your computer or your smartphone, figure out, you know, mm-hmm. remember yeah. my name, look me. That's a lot of work it for is. a stranger. It <laughs> you is. Know, like that's a whole I'm, lot, a lot of, of work effort. to find someone you don't know to yeah. write me like a horrible. And you're probably not the only one that oh they my God. do oh, this no. to. No. So this. This is probably a process for them. This is probably their daily Which is so sad because these things that they're saying are probably being said to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's just all so sad. It's a sad cycle at the end of the day. Yeah. And they get power from, you know, communities on social media too, unfortunately. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like they gravitate towards each other and it becomes its own thing. So, yeah, it's a lot. It took me a minute to get to that place. I'm like, okay. I don't care about these people. Oh, what they what, have to say. Yeah, it's just it's kind of stingy to be yeah. like me. Yeah, like me. I'm not the nicest person Espe- ever. Yeah, especially when you're a good person. It's yeah. like, but like, you don't even know me. Yeah, yes. like, yeah it's really. A lot. But yeah. then you get like block. Yeah, exactly. 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 Oh, then you mean, like, my blocking finger so, has been a fire. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah exactly. Then you get to gets to be comedy. Sometimes I just would read it to like friends. Like, look, look at. 
mail today oh, <laughs> look at my happy yeah. it just turns into comedy, comedy. yeah like it's yeah. comedy like wow this person put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into like you know cursing right. me out virtually so oh yeah because if they saw you in person oh that's yeah not that's going what down. i'm saying yes. this is what you can hide behind the right. technology and be the big bad you know wolf right so. well going back to um all these hats that you wear one of them being a mother how in the heck do you manage to balance it all and be present for your children and be a good wife? I mean, it's a lot. Well, you better ask my husband. We <laughs> <laughs> may, may disagree with you about that. Well, I'll say teams. I, I talk about teams all the time, mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, whether you're a business owner or you're a parent or, you know, whatever you do in your life, your your personal and your professional life, it's all about the people you surround yourself right. with. Mm-hmm. You know, do they lift you up? Do they encourage you, inspire you? And, you know, do you help each other? Mm-hmm. So one thing that, you know, all moms will tell you is that, you know, they get a lot of help from other moms, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether it's picking your kids up whether it's sharing information, particularly in the special needs community Mm -hmm. with my son with autism, the autism, you know, mom community is very close, very connected. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did an event last night, really cool event uh, with uh, Walmart, who's a sponsor of my uh, nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Gardner is one of the ambassadors working with them around their whole healthy eating campaign. So Mm -hmm. they had this beautiful dinner in Malibu for families and kids. And we were able to, you know, they did some cooking demonstrations and they did this amazing like early Thanksgiving dinner for the families. And we were all just commenting on, I was introducing Jennifer and some of the executives to the families and and just talking about how long we've been connected Mm -hmm. and how we help each other. And there was one mom there, her son was in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and this other mom, you know, we were all sitting, getting ready to sit down. She's like, Oh no, I got to go help. You know, Mm -hmm. Anna, Mm-hmm. bring, you know, her son in. And mm-hmm. she wouldn't sit down until she made sure that she mm-hmm. went, you know, to help her yeah. navigate that wheelchair and bring it to the table. So mm-hmm. oh, that's amazing. I, I would say, you know, it, that those are the kind of people you want in your life. Absolutely. Right? So. Uplift one another. What has um, Marty, your son, having autism, what has that taught you? Wow. So much about, I think, myself, mm-hmm. uh, about you know, not getting too wed to your plans in life mm-hmm. because, you know, mm-hmm. you plan God smiles. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I had this whole plan of for course. my life. Mm-hmm. And then I always tell people I, I wasn't looking to become an autism advocacy. Autism found me. Right. right. So it taught me to be agile, to be flexible, to be open to possibilities mm-hmm. and so many things in my life are different today mm-hmm. because I am a part of this special needs autism behavioral health community that I think, mm-hmm. you know, my life would have been totally different without him. Yeah. You know, my neurotypical kids are fine. I love them. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> they teach you other things. They yeah, teach me yeah, other things. Yeah, you know, they, they keep me hip. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wear their clothes. So oh, nice. they, they serve a purpose. But, you know, my son really just taught me and, and you know what the irony is? So I grew up with my grandmother in a wheelchair, right? right I was yeah. so that, here yeah. I am. I was mm-hmm. at this this event. I was getting an award from this disability organization. And everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people in the audience were in wheelchairs. A lot of their uh, guests were disabled people. And I'm just standing there looking out at this audience. And I got so emotional. And I was just thinking, wow, here's my life. Yeah. Growing up with grandma mm-hmm. in the wheelchair mm-hmm. and now being the mother of a disabled son, like, wow, this mm-hmm. this had to be like in God's yes. divine yeah. you know, sure. order you because 
but yeah. you, know, you don't know that you at the time, that, yeah. right? I, I had no concept, no clue what I was getting prepared for, right? You know, unbeknownst to me. Have you always been this like strong and confident? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, that should be on page two of the notes. <laughs> I have this whole thing that I talk about. In one of those books, uh, but I definitely talk about it when I give speeches. I had the honor of uh, giving the commencement address for Charles uh, Drew University June for their graduation for the graduation. And since it was a college, I thought, okay, I'll talk about my college experience. Mm-hmm. And I had this horrific college experience. So Uh-oh. you know, grow up in the projects mm-hmm. in my little community, and I go to this really prestigious college in Chicago, the University of Chicago, mm-hmm. and all the students are like valedictorians, Mm -hmm. second, third, fourth generation college graduates, and not just college, their parents aren't just graduates, they're like scientists and astronauts and senators and like, you know, every big thing you can imagine, Mm -hmm. this is the student body. Mm -hmm. And I got there my first semester, I was really you know, uncertain, unsure about going. You I felt out of your league. I felt mm-hmm. so out of place. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to go back to my little cocoon. Yeah. And then this this woman, and I've been on a search to find her. Her name is Angela. Mm-hmm. Cannot remember her last name, and I can't find I've tried, like, everything. I may, like, hire a private investigator. <laughs> I need to find her. Where is Angela? I need to find her. But she was from New York, and she was from this very educated, very sophisticated family. And I was talking, and I don't know, I said something. If you, okay, you guys like Nellie? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's getting hot in here, you know, so you know Nellie. Mm-hmm, so he, mm-hmm. there's these, the way he curls his R's. Right. Uh-huh. So. Southern. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like Southern, but it's, it's Southern with like a Midwestern twang. twang. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, exactly. And so you grow up, that's how you talk. So I've heard. Her. Her. <laughs> car. Uh-huh. So Our friend really... is from Baltimore. So okay. Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, so it's this really weird way you do your tongue and your lips. So uh-huh. I must have said her or something like that. And she's like, what are you talking about? I mean, she just like shamed me. Like now, you know, you that'd be on social media. She, you right. know, everybody would be like outraged. But, right. You know, it wasn't the case. And she made me feel so small. So she, she small. was just calling you out on the, how she, you were speaking. Like, she couldn't. Like, what are you? I can't understand. I mean, she starts frowning and she's like, you know, I oh, can't no. understand you. No. And I was so embarrassed and so of course I stopped talking. <gasps> oh, yes, no. I went a whole semester. I went and I started listening to mm-hmm. like tapes mm-hmm. and I got grammar books mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm going to totally remake my wow. the way I talk my dialect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I taught like, yes and no, mm-hmm. but I was not, no sentences, wow. <laughs> no ERs in the presence of anyone. Yeah. And it took me a, like, you know, a whole semester before mm-hmm. I felt okay. To but here's up. the irony. So when I felt more confident that I could talk mm-hmm. around Angela, mm-hmm. I went to her and I said, you know what? You're right about some things about me. I'm not like the rest of these students. I didn't grow up in a house where everybody had, you know, two, three college degrees, mm-hmm. no astronauts, no senators. Mm-hmm. Nah, none of that's happening. Grandma welfare, you know, cheese line. That's the real. Yeah. I said, but you know what? I can work harder than anyone here. Mm-hmm. And with your help, you know, I can do really well here. Mm-hmm. So I recruit, and she was willing to work with me. So she became my writing tutor. Because if you talk like wow. that, you probably write like this. My writing was also really crazy. Right. So she 
would take my papers. And when I tell you it was like a sea of red, I mean, it was like <laughs> the corrections. Yeah. Like, oh, oh. But we went through that process for like right. a year. And on the other side of that, you know, I graduated from this college with mm-hmm. high honors. Mm-hmm. I go to Harvard Law School, but, you know, the rest is history. But to your question, mm-hmm. another experience, mm-hmm. you know, that really was humbling for me and, uh, I hope no one has to experience that today because it was really, you know, it could have caused somebody to drop out, you know. Of course. Yeah. That I mean, been, like, you could have shut down forever. Oh, I really. could have shut down. Yeah. I yeah. Just but the school, I could have. But you, you know. are strong. So you've always been strong. You're resilient. Yeah, well, I had this. This is what I had from granny and godmother. Mm-hmm. Work ethic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not going to outwork me. No. So mm-hmm. even though these students had so much more in terms of their financial upbringing mm-hmm. and that their foundation pedigree. yeah mm-hmm. I was a hard worker so yeah. you mm-hmm. could put me in a library and give me a stack of books and I could go from 10 to 10 yeah I, mean, I just had that kind of drive I had that kind of determination and I just wasn't afraid of hard work because right. one of the things I did with my godmother is I used to go with her she was a janitor mm-hmm. and we would go into these big fancy office buildings outside of St. Louis and literally empty trash cans and mm-hmm. vacuum rugs mm-hmm. and clean up all you know what janitors do we see mm-hmm. them in offices and I watched her do that, and mm-hmm. she had a day job, right. she had a weekend job, mm-hmm. and so she just worked, and that's yeah. how she was able to, you know, provide for her family. Mm-hmm. So I learned early on the yeah. value of hard work, and I knew that if I could just, so I had to take a lot of remedial courses when I got there, and, mm-hmm. and I had to work harder than harder. the other students, mm-hmm. but that was okay, mm-hmm. because, see, they were partying, so mm-hmm. here's this is what you learn to do when you're from St. Louis (laughs) so you can work and you can party too okay at 10 o'clock studying is over I could go party till 2 in the morning and then I can wake back up and do it all over again so and you have that youthful resilience to be able to keep it going keep it going like okay I'm going to the party it's all about the balance it's all about the balance well it seems that your upbringing and, and what seem to have been trials and tribulations have shaped you. You have learned to take those, what some would say are negative experiences and turn them around. And that's, you know, essentially what we like to do here is share people's stories and find out what was their journey? What were those trials? How did they turn them around? Because we can all do it. We are all capable of doing that. And it's just inspiring to hear your story. So thank you for sharing all of that with us. We are not a product of our environment. Mm -hmm. We can grow from that. And I love it. We all have choices. We We all have choices. Yeah. We all have choices. And if we're willing to do the work, that's what I always tell people. You know, sometimes in this culture, I talk about our social media culture, we mm-hmm. see people at their best. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see them, you know, after they've seen you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Nadia, they've had their, you know, face beat. They, right. You know, they've <laughs> got the best wardrobe. Vacation like, photos. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I'm living my best life. Uh-huh. And you think that that's how they live every day. And a no. lot of people get caught up in that and forget, no, mm-hmm. first, if it's a true, you know, non-completely photoshopped picture of that person. <laughs> Let's start there, you know. If that's the case, you know, mm. that person probably to get there had to do so much work, mm-hmm. you know, that we never see, but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Absolutely. Just because they're not posting those, you know, yes. pictures uh, of themselves, you know, doing the work. You know, anyone that's successful knows that a lot of hard work goes into yes. anyone mm-hmm. that's successful. Yes. You ha- you and can't it doesn't get away. stop. No, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. stop. No. Yeah, it, it comes back in a different form, and yes. you got to just keep working through it. You have to put in the work. Yeah, you have yeah. to. There's no shortcuts with that. Absolutely. Um, now, with so many accomplishments under your belt, 
What do the next 10 years look like for you? <laughs> what more do you hope to accomplish? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think of myself as a visionary leader. I'm like always thinking and I'm mm -hmm. a runner. So when mm -hmm. I'm out on my runs, I'm getting like, you know, you know, concepts a minute. I'm getting new ideas, new things I mm -hmm. want to do. I just love creating mm -hmm. stuff. I love creating, you know, visions and, and, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I, I see another I love, company. I've yeah. never heard that. I yeah. That's a great that. term. I see <laughs> another company in my future. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I just... I'm open to mm -hmm. lots of uh, possibilities, to opportunities. I'm always growing, always, you know, love meeting new people like right. the two of you mm -hmm. and seeing what's out there. I just want to keep being, you know, I hope that I can be an inspiration and, you know, somebody that even I don't even know that's watching me says, hey, you know what? She did that. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'm sure there's you know? many people so, out there that think that. I, and, and, you know, I, I get that's fuel for me when I get mm -hmm. down because everybody, no matter, mm -hmm. you know, who you are, I have those days. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm working so hard and, you know, this isn't coming to pass. Right. or you know, This isn't working out. And then I just remember, like, you know what? Snap out of it. You're, you're, mm -hmm. You know? I was leaving, you know, work yesterday after a long meeting, like, oh, I got to go to Malibu. I'm like, you know what, really? <laughs> to Malibu. Oh, you got to go to Malibu. Oh, really? Like, Ariva, really? Right, right. Life's so tough. Yeah. You know? So I just remind myself of that constantly. Right. Like Gratitude. Gratitude mm -hmm. and perspective. Yes. Yeah. You know, perspective. Thank yeah. you, Granny, and thank you, Ethel. Thank you, Ethel. <laughs> yes. It could be better, but boy, could it be it worse. Works. Yes, always. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Reva. You are a thank, remarkable thank woman. Thank you, Nadia. We are and so Nadia. <laughs> thank, thank you, beautiful ladies, thank for you having so much. me. And good luck to you all on this amazing journey of thank you. You know, sharing stories yes. of, of women who are hopefully, you know, Breaking some barriers. Yes. This, this is, is why we do it? Yeah. 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 Good luck yeah. and congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> and remember, guys, you, you can, can always sit with us. Thanks for listening to Ladies Like Us from The Lady Gang and Podcast One. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Baquet. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week. <laughs>